0: Hello and welcome to the Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. Today, we have Jeremiah Mahan, who is a runner who turned powerlifter and now turned Hyrox athlete. So he has all those pieces and now he's putting it together out on the Hyrox course. Hyrox course, I believe. Hyrox mark? No, no. Deca mark high society, I think that's what we're calling high. Now he's out in the high society. So Jeremiah has a depth of knowledge when it comes to powerlifting and training in general. So we really kind of get into the weeds on a lot of things. We talk a lot about rep ranges, like your ideal strength for high rocks, like how to get strong, where the trade-off between strength and running is. It was an awesome conversation, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I think you'll enjoy it as well and pick up a lot of cool stuff if you're interested in that hybrid space or just strength training in general because uh, you'll get a lot of that in this. All right, cool. Here's our guy, Jeremiah Mahan. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for joining me today. I'm excited to, to chat with you a little bit. we talked uh, quite a bit on social media and we, we've we come to this hybrid space kind of from different angles. So it's been interesting to kind of pick your brain. I'm excited to talk to you about like your background and, and some of the strength conditioning stuff. So When, uh, like, so when I look at how I kind of came into this sport, it started as, you know, it's kind of what I thought OCR was going to be. And I've kind of talked about that before. I thought it was going to be like a mixture of strength with endurance training and OCR really isn't that, but this hybrid stuff is, and I like the idea of doing mixed modal training, doing strength stuff, working on skills, getting better at things that are just not running. Like I like running, but I like to train outside but you're you're kind of coming in from it from a from the opposite side from the powerlifting perspective and i think a lot of athletes are from a gym background crossfit background powerlifting kind of coming into hybrid racing as well so what was appealing to you about like the high rock stuff for you to kind of get into the way that you have
1: so i actually originally was a runner back in high school oh So, uh, like, I was a 440 miler, a two-flat 800 guy um, with no real direction, and then uh, I was like, my younger brother could, like, always beat me up, and I was like, well, I need to start lifting weights, (laughs) and so I completely left running alone for, like, I don't know, like, seven years, and went... Complete opposite, totally into powerlifting. Got And, it. and mm-hmm. so basically, you know, lost, uh, you know, all the running and just focused on powerlifting. And I became a decent powerlifter, but nothing spectacular. Um, but I, I'm originally a, a naturally pretty good runner. Um, and then, um, are you familiar with... Uh, Alex Fiata and complete human performance.
0: Yeah. He has like the hybrid. He kind of had a book hybrid athlete Yeah, before, before like the hybrid, we took the name for us, but yeah, he's a guy who's like super strong and also can do like some high-end endurance stuff.
1: Yeah. So stumbled across that and I kind of like came across this, uh, like the 500 pound deadlift in a five minute mile. You heard that challenge, right?
0: So there's the one that like Mike Moralia had done and what Hunter did recently, where they did it in the same five minutes. Are you, do you mean that or the, or just like the same in one day?
1: Uh, same in one day. Yeah. And I, I believe that idea came from that book. I'm, I'm not even exactly sure, but I stumbled across it and I was like, uh, I actually picked up a trainer, um, Alec Blennis.
2: Oh, nice. You know that. Mm-hmm.
1: For sure. So I, I trained under him for about two years. And he got me there. When was it? Um, when was this? Um, I first did it in like, I'm, I'm actually kind of butthurt about this. Cause I did it in like 2018, I think. And, um, got very little recognition over it. Um, which was super frustrating. Cause I had like poured my life into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Alec, uh, did a great job. Phenomenal coach and uh, really helped me get
0: there. He has the Murph world record now, right, Alex? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's done some of the hybrid stuff uh, and he seems really dialed in when it comes to strength and conditioning, right? His, his high end running yeah. might not be like, I, I ran against him in DecaFit, right? And, he, and like one of the first DecaFits ever. And it just seems like the running piece wasn't there yet, but you can tell he's really like just from following him that he knows his stuff. He like, he's really dialed in with like how to program and like what is going to get, get you good results. Um do you think you could do what um Moralia did in 100? Could you do could you pull it and then run because they, then you have to kind of run what, like a 450?
1: Yeah. So I've done it I've done it 3 times and my best was uh a 525 and 452. Okay. Um and there was but there was like a hour in between or something
0: like that. Um what's your uh, what's your back squat like? Do you have that in the back squat too because w- you saw who was it that just the dude from uh CrossFit Krypton um, um Adam Adam Clink? Clink. Yes, he did the 500 back squat and sub 500 and sub 5 yeah. mile. Is that in is that in the realm for you for back squat? So, I've I've squatted 440
1: before um but I just hate training back squat.
0: <laughs> it's just, hard. it just, it really is stressful. <laughs> like I feel more back squat than in deadlift for some reason, probably because I'm not that strong at deadlift that I can't fry myself as bad, but back squat is so much on your spine, on my spine, I guess I
1: should say. It, yeah. You can like with a max effort deadlift. I feel like you either
0: get it or you don't, but like a squat, you can, you can really suffer. <laughs> it's a little sc- It's a little scarier too. You know, yeah. it's like you're under that weight. I've actually just, I think I was telling you, like I, I shifted from high bar to low, to sort of low bar, low-ish bar. And that's helped me a lot because I just think mobility-wise, keep my torso that straight. I just lose a lot of power through my hips and everything like that. Um, so I put that 500 back squat, but like he'd probably be pretty big. He's a pretty big dude. Yeah. And, he, and he did, did he do the high rocks in... Yeah, Germany, like uh, where they just like the invite only during during COVID. Uh, yeah, what did he what did he do there? I mean, he didn't seem to be doing that well.
1: No, uh, I want to say it was like like seventy one or seventy five somewhere in that range.
0: Yeah, you know, of, it's an like hour is mi- different than five minutes.
1: You can you can fake a
0: mile. You yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so I didn't realize that you did have a little bit of running in your background, but like even running in high school. And then you're not going to build up a tremendous amount of aerobic base. It seems like you do have a little bit of talent there um, that that does help, right? Like you probably have good resting heart rate and just like a good capacity to do work um, just naturally. But you probably didn't have this huge, big base built out because high school runners, like you said, like no direction. You can run 440 and two flat off of talent, more or less, right?
1: It, like it was – I'm like I don't know if I'm proud or embarrassed of this, but my first mile when I was a freshman, my coach was like, "Oh, let's see what you can do," and I ran 4:56 the first time. Nice as a freshman, that's really good. And I I mean, I didn't progress though because I would run for the three months of track, and then Ah. I'd stop running. You didn't do cross? No, No. I I played soccer, but Uh, it's I mean, obviously there's some aerobic uh, development there, but it is not the same.
0: You can go. I found that soccer players can come from a fall in soccer maybe run a little bit in the winter and do well in like the 800 but like the mile is just like it's just a little bit more aerobic than what like you're going to be putting in during soccer practice
1: which probably why my 800 is a lot more impressive than my mile
0: yeah could be could be for sure that's uh and that's another thing like in, in high school you know my high school program i don't think we even touch like 30 miles a week honestly like so even like oh. the training that high school athletes do, I remember five miles being like a run, being like long, being like, Oh my God, we had to do five miles today, like no warm up, no cool down, just like six by 400 was our hardest workout. And, uh, then we just go home that's, that's exactly what I did. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So like in terms of like the training, so there's a little bit of capacity there to, to be a good runner, but you never had necessarily trained to the, to the level where you, where you could have. Um, so then after like seven years of, uh, powerlifting and then the two, was it two years or so with what would be more like the hybrid training? It sounded like what you were doing with Alec. Um, so then, then came high rocks then.
1: Yeah, so I did uh, high Rocks Miami when it first came. Because um, I was like, hey, I can run a fast mile. I can deadlift a lot. I should be good at this. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> and I learned pretty quickly that, you know, a 15 second event tops, you know, a one rep max, and a five minute, you know, effort does not equal a good Hyrox time.
0: Yeah, especially that first one, too, had those super long ropes, right? And wasn't the, the push was longer, too, which does make a difference. Was it just like a down and back?
1: Uh, it was, but we had some of the fastest times um, on the at least the push
0: uh, in Miami. I guess that would make sense so to not have to, like, turn around. There's not a built-in break.
1: Yeah, it definitely I, gave people problems
0: because the first time we saw it here in the States and people were like, this carpet is something.
1: But there's a lot of guys like right around 3 flat or even sub 3 at Miami there was. Yeah. And huh. I don't know if it was like just the ignorance of not realizing how hard it was and just, <laughs>
0: you know just you know. That's a good point. Like they didn't know that there was still 40 minutes of racing. So like, I'm going to push a shit out of this sled. Watch. <laughs> and right. then yeah. That's a good point. Um so so and then it sounded like, okay, now I now I need to put a little bit more into the, the endurance space. And like, so, and that's where I think a lot of people kind of come to the realization who are coming, who are strong, who can have a little bit of output. Maybe they're doing CrossFit or maybe they do some Spartan races here or there. Um, But there is a realization, especially for High Rocks and, and Decafit too, right? Like Decafit's, it's the work rate is so fast that for like the stronger athletes, it's, I would say it's almost harder to, I, I would definitely say it's harder for a strength athlete to go into Deca and Excel than to high rocks. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you still need to put in a lot of work, right? The, the, the full on amount of time, the duration means you're gonna have to put in a lot more aerobic style stuff. So when you were kind of moving out from powerlifting i more into this hybrid stuff. What was like the most challenging part of like pulling the endurance stuff back into like your programming?
1: Um, you know, trying to balance out, you know, putting in good quality gym sessions without completely destroying my running. Um, you know, I, I, I need to be do I need to be up in the 40, 50 mile weeks is like kind of a goal. Um, you know. I, I can run 20, 30 without thinking twice about it, but you know, you start adding in, uh, two wads, some strength sessions and all of a sudden, you know, 50 miles a week
0: is kind of brutal. That's, that's really running. That's real running for anybody, you know? So like 50 miles a week is in like, just what it, so was it a, the balance of keeping the, the performance in the gym and running up or was just like the physical like aspect of the pounding that it takes on the running and just how you kind of felt overall. It
1: it was just balancing the stress of everything. You know, it's like, it's pretty easy to do one thing, (laughs) you know Um, but, you know, putting in like a good quality run session and a good quality deadlift session and like how many of those can you do in a week without just falling apart, you know?
0: Yeah, and that's the one thing that I've found with with endurance training, right? Like it's like two quality sessions right in a long run is kind of the the formula that that is is pretty easy. And even if like you want to put one quality session in your long run, two quality sessions per week, the rest easy aerobic stuff. But with high rocks in particular, where the strength does matter, it's like how much is this strength taking out of me for my running, and where is the line? Like how high, how much could I push it before I like tip over? You know, so like I've, I've been playing with that and I'm probably a little bit conservative on the strength aspect, but when you were trying to balance that out, what did you find? Like, how did you kind of so navigate it?
1: Um, that's something I've definitely kind of learned because my deadlift's not at 525 anymore. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't help you in high rocks. I mean, I can if I do no work on my deadlift, I could pull four twenty-five pretty easily versus focusing all day on it, I pull five twenty-five. And you gotta find that balance of like, how how can I just do like a little bit of work and definitely get some results out of it, but without taking away, you know? Um, and I think that's something that probably Hunter does the best of anyone in the sport is he, he does just enough of everything
0: to not let things kind of like drop down, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He does a lot of like met Connie work too. Like he does like CrossFit-y stuff almost right. Where I've had a hard time figuring out how to fit that in at all. Like, I'm not like, I'm kind of like with, I feel about like regular CrossFit style workouts, the way that you kind of feel about the deadlift and like, yeah, like you said, like the deadlift, you, there's a ceiling, right? Like how high does it really need to be before like it matters for your performance? Um, And I feel like that way with like CrossFit Metcons, like I feel like there's not a ton that like thrusters with a barbell and pull-ups could really do for high rocks as opposed to that that, like a running workout or like a sled workout or something like that wouldn't do like metabolically. Um, So like I've tried to, so do you still kind of play around in that stuff? Do you do? Like crossfit type stuff. You do,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, Mostly because I love it. Like I, I don't train perfectly for high rocks. um, Partly because yeah, I like I like doing trail running. I love it. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the best thing for high rocks, but I can go do two hours on the side of a mountain more than I'm gonna do uh, a compromised run session. Mm
0: -hmm. It's just it's not as fun for me. (laughs) True.
2: True. Yeah, I get that. There's got to be
0: like an, an enjoyment factor in it as well. Are you doing the CrossFit Open? Have you? Did you do CrossFit? Uh,
1: not really. No, I, I, I'll, you know, so I'll, I'll find like,
0: oh, that looks like a fun workout. Let me do that one. But I don't actually do them. Follow it and do it right. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you think the floor? Like, how low would you be willing to have your deadlift go before you think it would be detrimental? Like, what do what do what do you think like a number is for like deadlift? and squat for it to like
1: matter. So I actually thought about this a lot and I'm assuming you're talking in terms of high rocks.
0: Yes. Well, yeah, just until, (laughs) until I'm talking Deca or something like I'll make sure to, but I don't think we'll talk too much. Are you planning on doing Deca's? Uh, I want to dabble,
1: but it's, I'm, I don't think that there's enough of a strength component for it to be. It's like, like you can only lunge so
0: fast. Like, and there's like, of them. <laughs> yeah. It's like there, yeah. and it's not that heavy. there isn't right. There isn't like a strength component to it. It's you just have to not be weak. Yes. That's a good way to put it.
1: That's I mean, that's mostly OCR is just don't be
0: weak. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a good point. Like, so like you can go come from OCR. If you have a little familiarity with the machines, right. So that's ends up being the biggest difference. If you're technically capable of rowing skiing and you have grunt work on the bike, then you're okay. But Yeah can't be weak is a good way to put it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: but I think the sweet spot for high rocks is somewhere between a four and 500 pound deadlift. Um, you know, if you look at Kent and Megita, they're both high fours. Um, I think Hunter's low fives, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're low fours and mm-hmm. it's just, it's all going to be relative. Like uh, the closer you are to 400, the faster you got to be. And, um, like, I think people forget about, um, in Miami, Isaiah Vidal ran like a 62 or 63 running like seven minute mile pace. Did
0: <laughs> um unbroken wall balls.
1: Yeah. And it was like, there's many different ways to go about this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know Megiddo learned the hard way, like running too hard. Cause it's, you got to. It's all about like, I mean, it's about like, just like riding that red line and going. you got to stay just underneath it. You know, the second you go over, you're,
0: you're done. And I, I was looking at my splits from Chicago and I was like, you know, what, I think I can run faster. And then I was like, really like playing it out in my head. I was like, I bet I could run like 2730. And even that doesn't really put me that much further ahead. Right. It doesn't get me that much closer and taking like 90 seconds off of my Uh, 8k it's like huh there really is i think a limit to how well the run even if you do like a if you're running a 26 flat 8k which would be pretty impressive um your stations would be terrible yeah and and it's like picture
1: how easy it is to row like a 150 500 versus rowing a 140 right like it's a lot, lot more effort for 10 seconds and, you know, like, can you make that up on the run? And it's like, I think each person has to figure out, you know,
0: uh, where to put their effort, you know? And this, I I would love for there to be a formula. Like I was thinking about this recently. Um, but I don't really know how to, how to come. I we knew like a ton of data points, right. Where it'd be like, what's your deadlift? What's your back squat? I think back squat is a decent indicator because of, um, the lunges and the wall balls, even though they're such so, they're they're really endurance endeavors. The wall balls and the and the lunges, um, and then like what's your five k, right? Like just taking like three metrics that are pretty easily uh, doable and recognizable, and people probably have an idea of what those are, what those all kind of are, and then how that can kind of project out to a high rocks time. So like I like the dead like the 400, 500 deadlift. I think is a good place to start, right? Because if you're doing I mean, what three fifty? I think if you're pulling three fifty, like like uh, Dylan Scott, right? Yeah, he doesn't. I don't think he could. Maybe he does three fifty. I don't know what his deadlift was at OCR Stars, but like, probably. And like, but also his five Ks not a ton. His back spot's not a ton. So like, there's going to be outliers to it. Yeah, but he just makes up to an work rate.
1: I I would love for that guy to just like take like three or four hours a week out of his training and focus on a little bit of strength. Cause I think he'd be scary.
0: He'd be very scary. Yeah. To put a, put on some, put on some pounds. Yeah. Like talking to him, I think he has mobility stuff. Like it's hard for him to kind of get to do the, so yeah, he would like kind of need to start from scratch for the, from the strength stuff, but that's part of it, right? A lot of people are coming from scratch on the running end of, of things. Um, but
1: if you if you notice a lot of guys, at least from the OCR world, when they first do a high rocks, their first thought is, "I need to get stronger." Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know if that's the answer always. Like, I mean, especially like if you're in the four hundreds, like for a deadlift, you're probably okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. But like a lot of guys, I'd, I'd imagine would are floating more toward three fifty. But yeah. Like, so maybe that, that's like the floor. Yeah. I, I think, I think 400 is the floor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause it's that, that's work to get there. You know, like yeah, if I, you, I, I've trained like a decent amount of people and I feel like 400 is like the first wall that people kind of hit where it's like, all right, now there's actually some work involved to get my deadlift any higher.
2: Right.
0: Right. Yeah. You can throw, you can throw three plates on, probably the first time ever deadlifting. You just do it and it would be, it might be ugly, but you can do it, you know? I mean, or you can put six months
1: of work in and be there for sure. You That's know, for sure. But going from four to 500 can take years for some people.
0: So, okay. So like the idea of the four hundred, the floor, 400, 500, yeah, 500, like for someone like Hunter, right. He's already, he's already well strong enough, right. If he gets to a 550, like what is it going to be doing for him slowing him down? Probably. Right. Cause he's like, there's going to be a point, And we talked about this a little bit too, like where it's like, where's the muscle mass tip, right? Where does it tip over into being uh, maybe not detrimental, but more of more of like an obstacle, right? Like, cause if you put on more muscle, you get to train it a little bit more. You have to probably have to do a lot of aerobic work. If you're really going to be like you know, wanting to put it on,
1: you know, I, I pulled four fifty-five uh one sixty-six hmm. and I wish I would have stopped there.
0: <laughs> like getting to <the> five hundred.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I had to put, you know, um I had to put fifteen, twenty pounds of muscle on to add seventy pounds to my deadlift. And it's like I don't I don't I mean at least in the high rocks, I don't think it was worth it.
0: You know. Yeah, because if you're one sixty six and pulled that heavy like your running would probably be a little bit better. <laughs> right.
1: I, yeah. I, I remember, you know, I can go click off five thirties when I was weighed that much and I ain't doing that. Like that's like my five KPR now. So.
0: And this might be, you know, the body composition thing is, a, is a delicate conversation. Right. But we, but it, it can matter to a point, like where, like how it's going to affect your training one, one direction or the other. So are you, and like a lot of like people who might be coming in to this sport, with already who maybe come from like, you know, classic bro splits, right. Hitting the gym six days a week, eight to 12 rep range in perpetuity jacked people, you know, um, then they're probably looking at it kind of how you were just saying like, well, if I weighed this much less and they're already probably lean. So it means like taking off muscle mass, which is hard. (laughs) Have you been trying to take any down?
1: (laughs) I have tried and I just get weak when I do that.
0: <laughs> huh? So yeah, cause it's, it, once
1: it's on there, it's on there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not willing to go long enough of just running and staying away from the gym in order to really lose
0: it, I guess. like really going in a protein deficit, right? Like nutritionally, you probably have to like really kind of shy away from protein or being and being a pretty big deficit, probably carbs too. Yeah. And like, you probably just like shrivel up. <laughs> and that's just not the life I feel like living. So. <laughs> right. Which, and that's, what's hard about it. It's like, it's like you're almost better off just like, yeah, doing, doing more work. So what did, what did you mean? Like for the, for the answer in terms of like getting stronger, like what do you think people would need then when, when, at like, cause that's, that's what I did. Right. Like, and I was weighing one, like my first, High rocks last year. I was like 165 at six foot. So I was like pretty lean. Um, and then coming out of that, I was like, all right, I need to probably, I need to get stronger. Getting bigger wouldn't hurt. And like the, doing the two simultaneously kind of accelerates things, right? Like you could get stronger and not be in some sort of, uh, surplus or just like a hypertrophy phase. And, but it might take a little bit longer, but I wasn't trying to do that. I was like, let me just, let me just try to pile some stuff on here. Um, So I, I agree that I I did the same thing, like what you were saying, like, let's put on some mass here. So like, what, what did you mean? Like, what do you think people would need before they like really try to take that step to like adding muscle?
1: So I found that like, when I got into lifting, I, your strength comes first, your body doesn't really want to put on muscle, Mm
2: -hmm. you know?
1: And when you kind of hit that strength plateau, go, your body's like, all right what do we got to do next? And it's like, Oh, start slapping on muscle and you have to decide if that's really what you want to do. You know, I mean, everyone has a different muscle building potential Um, and some people can look at a dumbbell and grow Mm -hmm. Uh, and others got to fight kicking and screaming for it. But you know uh, it's, you want to obviously be as strong as you can and as light as you can. Like, like the, you want that power to weight ratio, like that matters.
0: That's why we need a formula. What, know,
1: kind of, what, what kind of back squat then?
0: What do you think that would what, – what do those numbers look like for you? Hmm. Or is there a better metric? Let's do the back squat first, and then we'll kind of brainstorm about a different metric too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so tough to, tough to say because, like, the right build for High Rocks is, I think, kind of right around Ryan Kent's build. Go figure. Um, <laughs> right.
0: the one like, who's crushing it.
1: <laughs> like you don't see guys that are five, seven crushing it. Like they're it's, you know um, you need to be able to pump out calories on the skier and the rower and move the sled. Um, But you know, a guy who's five, seven is going to probably have a better squat than someone who's six, one, you know, that's true. That's true. You know, like, I can, I can probably out squat a, a bunch of guys that could beat me at high rocks <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure. You know, um, but but you know, I guess to get to your question, are you talking like one rep max?
0: Yeah, let's just use that because it's the most universal.
1: I, I mean, as a like probably right around that three fifty again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would bet that that's high for what we would see. Yeah. From the, from the performers.
1: I mean, I guarantee Hunter Kent and McGee,
0: can all do it. Yeah. From what I know of Kent, he doesn't, he doesn't typically back squat, but he, if he did, I bet he would be able to do it. Right. Maybe is kind of same way. If he was to do like a lot, like how we saw on their deadlifts, right. They don't typically deadlift that much, but then when, when they did, it's like, Oh God, these dudes are actually strong. Um, which which is scary because they don't even like train for it. I know, really. I know. Like when they for both of their pulls and that deadlift because Megiddo was what four seventy five or something yeah. like that, and uh and Kent was four fifty, and said that said that they never never do, <laughs> never deadlift like that. i was like, what? You're just yeah. able. You just like tried it one time, <laughs> and you're able to yeah. pull that one. Um, and did you see Megiddo, How he kind of you, you you're more a sumo, right? I can do both, but I, I pull more stumo. Yeah, Magida did that roll in, like mm-hmm. how you roll the bar in, and, like, and that's like a momentum tactic, right? Yeah, you're you keep the bar moving. <laughs> yeah, right. Which wouldn't necessarily count in a competition. You can't can you, you can't do that in a powerlifting competition, can you? Or is it um, weight too heavy that it doesn't matter?
1: I I actually that's a good question. I don't know if I know the answer to that. Um, I'm sure you could get away with rolling it a little bit. I don't know how exaggerated. Um, uh, I know like strongman, for example, they don't give a shit. Just get
0: the weight up, get like. it up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 350. I like that. That would be, I think that would be hard for also a lot of people that would be, have to put in some, some time. So like, let's put three, like 300 at 350. Yeah. That's, I range. think that's, that's fair.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and then, okay. So those are the two. I I like this. We're, we're like, we're making history right now. Okay. We're putting it. Everyone's going to do this, do these things. So the other metric I said, 5k, 5k, again, it's just a recognizable. Uh, number that, and like, if you put it with these other two, it should give you some idea of what kind of athlete we're talking about, but like, is a good 5k necessarily going to be representative for how well you're doing a high rocks? Like, so, it it goes back to like you know
1: adam clink was able to throw down a good mile but Mm -hmm. he was able to kind of fake that Uh, 5k is a lot harder to fake i think so too um i know i think miguito was talking about like a what was that a 10 mile or something like that
0: yeah and like i get that too because it's like within the time domain it's appropriate but it's like it's a hard test (laughs) it it is it is
1: and I think you can get enough information from a 5k.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, it's like, you know, if, if you have a 15 minute 5k runner and a 1635k runner, who's
0: going to run the better hour. Uh, you
1: can probably bet your money on it.
0: <laughs> right. Right. I think that that's fair. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? What do you think's in a, in a like, where should you be? All right. So I did for the,
1: three mile and OCR stars. I did 1652. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what that looks like 40 seconds
0: on it. Yeah. Whatever. 30 to 40.
1: All right. So 1730. Okay. And I'm not where I need to be at so faster than that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, again, um, if you're the smaller skinnier build, you got to be closer to, you know, fifteen thirty, and a bigger guy, sixteen thirty, But I'd say i feel pretty comfortable saying around 16
0: minutes. Between 16 and 17, you think seven, like if you had even dropped like 30 seconds off. So like, and you were right around, like, oh, I mean, I almost don't want to use Dylan as the example anymore. <laughs> just cause it's like, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even understand. He, um, he is uh, totally an outlier. Just a, a workhorse just figures out how to get, to generate the fatigue he needs so they can just like do it over and over. But like, yeah, his, did, did you beat him in that three mile? I think you did, right? Uh, I don't know. I thought, I thought I, you were right around it.
1: I was, I was close. I, I think I beat Brent and maybe I was a couple seconds behind Dylan.
0: Yeah. Cause it, you guys were all, you guys may have all been right back to back to back. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So maybe uh, seven, 1630 to
1: 1545
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming you're talking for guys that are going to go sub 60 or who are just going to be competitive, right? Like yeah. 1545, that might be too fast, right? Like if you're coming into it and you're at the but if you're running 1545 and you're deadlifting 400 and you're back squatting 300, you're probably going to do pretty well. <laughs> right? Yeah. I,
2: uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, okay. I mean,
1: And like, that's, and that's, what's cool about this sport is that you can get a guy like that, or you can get a guy that's 17 minutes and four fifteen for his squat. And you know, it's, there's different ways to get
0: there and it equals out. Right. So like seeing where the ratio kind of move around. So we need, we need to get some Jack Bauer on this, need a bunch of data points, stick them in and see what the results kind of look like. What would be the, th- so those are three metrics and like, you know, those might not, cause they're not all specific. They're not specific at all. Really. When it comes to high rocks, no. um, all those movements, like the, I mean the running, but the time domain is way different. The squat, like sort of what else would you put like a 2k, like a row or a ski in there? Because that's what you were talking about. With, that's where the mechanical advantage might come, come might shine through where someone who might be back squatting, 405 like you said who's 5'7 their 2k row might be so disproportionately slower than someone who like like hunter or like dylan who is like 6162 that that kind of crosses out um and same with the wall balls right because that's the mechanical advantage in something like a wall ball is going to be similar to the ski and the row versus like the sleds
1: yeah no a 2k row might be decent um God, it's it's so hard to choose something because you can get there
0: so many different ways. Yeah. Um, or what about like like uh, Karen, like 150 wall balls?
1: Yeah, I mean, because the same guys that are going to win high rocks are going to win all those events too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, you might get some random outliers of that can do. Hey, this guy's got a good squad, or this dude's great at Karen for some reason. But you know, the same people that are winning are gonna win all of them, I think.
0: Probably. Probably. But trying to figure out like where where people should shoot for and like what is a missing element, you know?
1: Okay, so like like a kind of like a little litmus test to see like what what are you missing? Which
0: yes, right. How like if we do these four or five tests, like how can we determine how well you're gonna do? Right. Not who's necessarily gonna be the best at all of them, yeah. but like how to kind of put it together. So someone training can be like, Oh, I'm my uh, deadlift is way worse than all these other metrics. Like, let me put some time there and see how, how well I perform.
1: You know, um, I I like the 5k. I definitely like the one rep max deadlift. Um, maybe, maybe I kind of do like the 20 rep max squat.
0: 20 rep max. <sighs> yeah. So you did that with, um, so I ran through that, that cycle before Hunter had put it out there. I'm just letting everybody know I was doing the 20 rep max before I got blown up on social, but you went through and did and did that and yours, you ended up putting it, putting up some good weight for 20, right?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely just jumped on the bandwagon. I saw people doing it and I was like, fuck it. I want to try this. Like, <laughs> Um but yeah, I, I got up to three fifteen.
0: Three fifteen for twenty is a lot of weight. <laughs> and who who ended up uh Hunter was somewhere around that, right? He was more like three hundred. Um oh shit, Pre- Preston. Right? Or no no. Who ended up with uh did th- did someone beat you? Someone have more? I, I
1: have no idea. I didn't even know I just saw some people doing it and I was like, Yeah, it looks like fun. I didn't
0: know there was like a group or anything. Yeah. I just know that people like kind of posting their things up. So 20, Hmm, that's interesting. Cause that is like, that is straight up work. Like how long did that, like when I was doing mine, it would take, you know, I forget, I think two minutes.
1: Yeah. I think it was around two minutes or two, two and a half maybe.
0: Yeah. Cause it's not, <laughs> it is not like consistent flow for me at like 12. Then I'd have to like really stand with it like get my mind around what's happening but the weight was like just doable enough that like if i took enough time i could keep going and i was just at 240 when i did mine um so that would be an interesting one a 20 wet 20 rep back squat as opposed to the one rep be- because like
1: i mean yeah one rep is just such a short amount of time mm-hmm. you know um i Like, I guess coming from the powerlifting background, I've seen guys that can move some serious weight for one rep and then you move them to like five or 10
0: and they got nothing. (laughs) It's cardio for them. Yeah. And that's a good point, right? Like what's going to, what's going to, um, simulate the feeling, right. Of like the sleds or the lunges, probably not a one rep, but a 10 or 20, like maybe. Hmm. I mean, it's it's muscular endurance, and
1: that's what you need for the sled, because like, uh, like I'm like, how does Dylan Scott push that sled anywhere near as fast as some of these guys who are
0: significantly stronger than him? Mm-hmm. And and he he attributed it to his amount of like his biking background, and like and things. Like, and I've actually been doing like a hill training block, and I've seen some definite benefits on the sled and on like the assault bike things like that, just because of like that specific type of muscular endurance. Um, yeah. So having something in that 10 to 20, maybe you'd be like a percentage of what your one rep is for time for 20, you know?
1: Yeah. It, it, it's tough. Cause like I've seen coach, I've seen uh, some of the programming different hybrid coaches have put out and they're like, Oh, hit 80% of your deadlift for this many reps or your squat. And I'm like, if you're actually strong, you can't do that.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. If you're not like in in like a specific area, yeah, if you're doing 80 for about 10. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, mm, that's, that works for weak people. <laughs> right. Like if you don't know what your one rep is or your one rep is well under where it should be. Um, yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I did want to ask you about this too, because um, like it, when you start getting into the the actual like building actual strength, right? The, the rep ranges start to matter and the percentages start to matter a little bit more. Um, and these are things that I've been diving into a little bit more when i am been on this journey myself, and like playing around with what I felt it works, what I think is too much, what I think is too little. And just like having the context for what the purpose is behind the strength training is like something I've been really like trying to figure out. So like, if you were to do like, so say someone was coming from uh, like a moderate, like, are they familiar with what they're doing in the gym? Uh, maybe not necessarily full on powerlifting, but they need to get stronger. Like what kind of like rep scheme or what kind of like program would you think you'd kind of steer people in?
1: Um, so what I, what's worked best for me is you got to get practice with some heavy singles. Um, so like deadlifting, for example, I deadlift about every 10 to 14 days, and that's about as often as I can handle it. Because you're strong.
0: <laughs> 10 to 14 days. And you, you'll, you'll get to do a heavy single each session? Multiple singles?
1: Not, um, I'll, depending. Um, but I'll, I'll try, I'll try and work up like one or two heavy singles. Then I'll put in some volume, like doing like a five by five. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you can move into accessory work, you know, doing back extensions, RDLs, and that's going to be more like the eight to 12 rep.
0: Like high per- uh, feet type of rep range. Yeah.
1: And, and that's what I really need to build strength. Um, I've been doing mostly maintenance recently, so I might go do three by five and call it a day, um, you know, and, that's kept me right around four fifty, and I, it allows me
0: to put in great work in other places that I actually need it right now, and I think that's also a thing right like the maintenance of strength doesn't take a ton of volume right I think just like like we talked about, like your muscle mass isn't necessarily going to just go away um, and just neurologically, if you can just kind of keep yourself familiar with the demands of like somewhat lifting i think i, I don't think. I think the maintenance of strength is easier than what, what it's much easier than what it is to build. Totally. Um, so when you're up to, when you're in like the singles, are you, is it like a single for the day? Or are you working off of percentages or is it more like rate of preserved rate of perceived exertion where you're like, let me get up to what I feel like is a heavy single and just stop.
1: So I do almost everything on RPE. Um I, I may be a little too, um, intuitive with my training and just, just going by feel and not, and maybe don't have enough structure.
2: Hmm.
1: That's probably a weakness of mine, but, um, and then like my five by five though, I, I tend to start at a very low weight and just know that I can add 20 pounds every, every session, you know, something along those lines.
0: Would you do that for several weeks?
1: Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's one of the biggest things is people start way too high and so they're not able to get, you know, make that much progress.
0: You can't progress you know? it. Right. Or, and I've yeah. run in, yeah, I've, I've run into that issue as like, I don't know, it's probably close to eight to 10 years ago where I didn't want the weight to be like, lighter than what i thought i should be able to do i was just impatient right like i didn't have this idea of oh i'm gonna do this for a year for two years so like it's okay to to like leave a little bit on the table like when i was first starting i was like no like i need to take everything because i'm i need my back squat to be here as fast as i possibly can so like i wouldn't take that time to like slowly kind of progress things up totally and it's
1: like you know the last deadlift cycle I did, I was working on double overhand for some grip strength mm. and I started it at two seventy five for five by five.
2: Right. <laughs> which, <laughs> with the-
1: which, which I can do in my sleep. Right. And you know, and it worked. I, my, my grip strength, strength got significantly down. stronger, you know, it's those. And I feel like, I uh, the stronger you are, the more like fluctuation you have in strength, you know, um, like a good day versus a bad day can be a hundred pounds, mm. you know, versus someone with a 150 pound deadlift, you know, I don't, you're not going to have, you're going to have a lot smaller fluctuations.
0: That's interesting. That's a, that's a good insight from someone who's a little bit more advanced, right? Because if you're starting, you, you like, you can see progress for a while right. As just kind of starting things out. So when you don't have a good session, like, what are you chalking it up to? Like, what do you, are you able to kind of reflect? they will be like, Oh, maybe I did this yesterday or my sleep, whatever, whatever. Or is it just like today, I just didn't have it. And the next day you come in and you do have it.
1: Um, if I sleep and I eat carbs, I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. Um, 99% of the time. um, or I'm, I'm not good at doing back-to-back hard sessions. You know, if, if I did like a high rock sim and then tried to do something the next day, it's not
0: happening. So the recovery and, and how like the program is laid out is also important then, right? So what does that look like then in terms of like frequency of running and strength? Like what are you typically doing?
1: So um, I, so I, I got rid of the the seven day work week lifting cycle um, a long time ago, and it's the best thing I've ever done. Nice, um, because that's just not how our bodies work.
0: <laughs> Doesn't need to stick to the the calendar. <laughs> our bodies uh, don't. Our bodies don't know what a calendar is. You know the Monday Monday bench day, like no, <laughs> dude. Universal bench day. Meathead Mondays. Come on, man.
1: <laughs> um, and that, that's honestly been the best thing I've ever did um you know like like i said like i deadlift i can only handle deadlifts every 10 to 14 days but you know for squatting um i did a squat when i did that uh 20 rep max i was doing it every six days mm-hmm. and the when i went for the max i think i took eight
0: days was it over the course of like six weeks you know or how long was that?
1: Yeah, probably about that. I yeah. I don't know exactly. I I think I, but I started that at one eighty five.
0: So you were making massive jumps.
1: And yeah, yeah. Um, and that, like, that's another thing I think people miss with strength training is, like, your goal is to break homeostasis, right?
0: Yeah, you gotta mess and, yourself up.
1: And mm. I I laugh when I see guys like they have like. You know, four hundred pounds on the bar, and then they they put the two and a halfs on. I'm like, uh, like you're not, you can't feel the difference. Mm. Like you, like let your body know. Like, like slap some weight on there,
2: mm.
1: and if you're not ready to, to do that, stick with the same
0: weight. Hmm. So it doesn't necessarily. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily. You don't stick to any like linear, like expectations with that then. <sighs> I, I I guess I do because I start light enough. Mm-hmm. That that I think is what's important, right? Because like realistically, you probably could have every six days. Let's say you do it the same way as you did like your deadlift every ten to fourteen days. You probably could have started at two seventy five or something, you know.
1: But like, so if I was squatting every ten to fourteen days, that's not frequent enough for me. Mm-hmm. Like, cause like, you know, there's like the adaptation cycle and basically smaller muscles recover faster. And so like, like benching, for example, I, I can bench three times a week, you know, but try deadlifting three times a week. You're, you you can not recover.
0: And also has to do with like the weight, right. And how much like you're really like, like how much effort it takes your body to, to move the thing. Right? Totally. Yeah.
2: So So, go
1: ahead. ahead. Yeah. So I I think that's one of the most important things is learning for each movement, how long it actually takes you to recover from it, which takes some trial and error. And, you know, everyone's slightly different. Um, There's plenty of people that can deadlift way more frequently than I can. Um, Yeah. And it, it, it definitely matters. Do you have a, a 300 pound deadlift, a 600 or 900? The 900 pound deadlifter is going to take two weeks to recover minimum.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. So if you're still getting, getting started, you're like, oh, I have to do deadlift twice a week. It's like, you you're might not, be able to. Yeah, you probably can. Yeah. And, 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 and still kind of match your or, or progress throughout. Right? But um, but you're not, you're not there yet. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. not on. But if you keep, but if you progress to a point, you probably will plateau at a certain level. Right. Because like, all right, now I am strong enough to really mess myself up. And if I keep trying to go to that, well, you're never going to be able to come. Yeah. Hunter,
1: Hunter absolutely nailed this. I forget where he said it, but he was like, the harder you swing that hammer, the harder it bounces back. Mm. And, and that's, you know, as we get fitter, you can swing that hammer harder and it's going to take you longer to recover.
0: So this is something that's interesting to me about strength and I don't know, necessarily know how with like endurance training, if they parallel each other or not, or if it's just completely different, um, where you're talking about adding like these big chunks of weight, because to me, I'm like, well, wouldn't it be better to, you know, have done 225 to start and have that session, like really kind of get what that session, get more out of that session. Right. And because in endurance training, like the, the progressions don't really need to be that big, you know, they could be like 200 meters per repeat or something. Go from 800s to thousands, right? And it's not incredibly different, but it's a little bit harder. And then like that seems to work in a linear fashion for for you know four to six weeks or whatever. But even when I like the rep scheme that I like the most is uh, five, three, one with like a stop pause set. So after the max set of one, like max set of five or whatever, racket, 30 seconds, do another max set, racket, other max set, right? So like you got a little bit of rest and they're kind of like a cluster set. Um, I think yeah. is another way to kind of think about that. And I've found that these really big, like, and even like in a five through one right? Like you increase weight as you go. Like, right. It's like five at five by three by five at, 65, 75, 85%. And the last one's that max set that I was talking about. But really that max set and a stop pause set, that seems to be like the entire workout. Nothing is really hard until that one big, huge piece that you kind of go after. And that's where there's big progression. Where like running, it's like, if you do something Herculean like that, it's like you can't, it doesn't necessarily lead to a linear progression, right? So it's like this big effort in strength seems to pay off bigger than a big effort in endurance to me.
1: Yeah, I, I think intensity is more important in strength training and volume's more important in aerobic
0: fitness. And is that just muscle fiber type you think? I I don't know. Cuz so that's a good um, way to put it cuz you're like that 315 that building up that three like so that 315 probably outweighed what you could have done if you'd done like two twenty five and then like two fifty five or something like that. That one do you think that one three fifteen at twenty rep was more beneficial than if you kept the weight closer together and like shorter jumps? Like what do you think? So like
1: for the three fifteen it was a great expression of strength, but I think it does almost nothing to build your fitness because it, it, dude, I, I couldn't even do the rest of my workout. Was <laughs> it was like, almost like a race. <laughs> oh, it totally was. Yeah. And, shit, I was done. I like, I left the gym for like four hours and had to come back because uh,
2: <laughs> you know, I, uh, yeah, it's, I've...
1: it's like, what's, what's more beneficial doing trying to PR your mile or doing four by one mile at 90%. Right.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: You know, okay. I can t- I know which one's more fun. But, <laughs> right. But it doesn't um, actually build fitness.
0: Interesting. That's funny. Cause I did the program I did was uh super squats, right? Basically like a classic hypertrophy program from like the eighties where it was 20 rep max every well, twice a week. So you'd add, you would do small incremental jumps, like add five to 10 pounds each time. And that was just for I think I did it for five weeks. And the rest of it was just accessory work. It was kind of boring. It worked really well. And everything else was like, yeah, from eight to fifteen reps of yeah, bench, strict press, straight leg deadlifts, whatever. And I got much stronger and put on size. But on the last one, I I went home and I was sick. I got sick for like four days. <laughs> I don't think it was I don't think it was necessarily from it but I think it was just like the constant beat down that I was like, man, that was hard. <laughs> my body, my body uh, let me know that that was probably too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I think we were talking about, um, the the frequency of, of everything then, like, and how much like you're running versus like, uh, versus the strength training stuff, I think is where we kind of got sidetracked. So like, how, how are you, like what's your running looking like? Um, so
1: because I just recently got a new job and so that's thrown everything sideways, but I'm back to like somewhere between 30 and 50 miles a week. Um, it's only been a few weeks that I've been able to do that, but <laughs> I'm going to try and stick with that for a while. Um, cause that's where I need to be, to be making the progress. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, is that I've how many, how many runs? Um, four to four. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a, I I try and get like 10
0: miles in a day. So good chunks. Right. I, that's kind of what I've been doing too. Just like longer runs when I do run. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, and it's all kind of like I did, I did nine miles this morning with like 1200 feet of gain or something like that. And that's probably about standard for me.
0: Nice. Got it. And then, so that would be four days. And our, another thing it's like, there's two, it seems to be two different schools on is like making your hard days hard and your easy days easy when it comes, especially when it comes to both of these things. Right. So um, it's like, will you strength train hard the same day as like a hard run or are you split, are you spreading things out?
1: Absolutely on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think that's the way to go. Um, uh, I believe it's called consolidation of stressors. Um, but it, yeah, if I, I'll try and throw down like a hard leg workout and then go put in, you know, seven mile tempo or something like that afterwards. And is it as fast as you want it to be? No, but it, it kind of takes some trust in your training because your runs don't look that great. But then when you do get to run fresh, you're like, whoa, like there's something there.
0: That's true. And it's going to replicate the demands of the race a little bit more too, right? Like building, running on fatigued legs because they're, you're fatig- your legs are fatigued almost instantly in a high rocks, right? Yeah. Even like skier, like you're still lower body or upper body still a lot too. Um, so that's, that's an interesting way to do it. And so you're putting in big volume days and so you won't split them either. Or will you do like a morning evening or just time doing back to do back? Cause you have time. Um, I do both. I, I
1: honestly hit everything. I'll, I'll do four hour workout blocks, the Dylan Scott method. Um, I'll do, uh, you know, weight training in the morning, run at night, run in the morning, weight training at night. Um, I, I try and mix it up honestly, cause I, I think there's benefits to everything. Um, I've been doing a lot more running first and then strength training since strength hasn't been a priority recently.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to think about it too. It's like whatever you need to work the most on, you probably do first. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd probably just say strength training first in general, if I had to like pick, um, that probably is better, but it just, doesn't always work with schedule and
0: yeah I like that better too I like to lift a little feeling a little bit more fresh than coming into because running is just fatiguing just makes you tired it just makes you tired yeah it does (laughs) um and I think like the schedule piece is like the biggest part because I found myself doing the same thing like I just rather get it out of the way like one big chunk of training um just for my so the rest of my day can just be my day you know yeah. Um, and n- nothing behind like w- the why, why it works or, or anything like that. Cause I think it will all just work. And like, there's like, what, do, what are your thoughts? Because you've been doing, you've been going after this strength and endurance piece for a while now. Um, do you think that one is limiting the other in any way? Or, like, where is it that they start to like conflict? Um, i Honest, Like, I know it's
1: kind of taboo to talk about it, but body weight, man. Mm. Um, like, I, I can't touch my high school running times, and it's because I weigh 35 pounds more.
0: You know? So, okay, so it's not even necessarily what about the, what about the opposite, right? Like the, your ability to get strong while putting in endurance work, do you have any thoughts on that? Or is there anything that, um, that you say stay away from, or is it simply just that kind of the same type of formula? Like, however, however well you can, uh, kind of stay within a a body composition that's going to be the best for your particular performance in that aspect. Or do you think like the endurance piece will, like stop how strong you can get.
1: Um, I, I don't think it matters that much. Um, unless you're just putting in insane running volume, I think you can really build a lot of strength. Like I can make progress running 50 miles a week. Um, I, I don't know if, does that mean I'm an outlier? I, I I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, is it, is it like the best? No, but like I probably do make better progress if I'm only running 20 or 30 mm-hmm. on, in a strength world. But I think that's, you know, going through different training blocks of, all right, we're focusing on strength. So my running's going to be 30 miles a week. All right. Now we're going to do 50, 60 mile blocks and lifting only two days a week.
0: Yeah, that will, if you want to really be specific about it, but I think you're right like that. And that's the problem. That's what I think people kind of get can get hung up on. Maybe not as many people that are in our space because we're exploring this. Like, do you just have to be one or the other? And, and you know, you and I were saying, no, it's like, let's see what we can do when when doing all things and see how fast we can get and how strong we can see like where that potential is. But, uh, but I think like from a traditional standpoint that like strength coaches like seem to misinterpret this, where it's like, like endurance will blunt your strength gains. But I think what you said is right. Like you'll to a point, it's not the best, right? It's like, you can still get better, but like, if you want to get as strong as you possibly can, then, then endurance probably is going to get in the way of that. But it doesn't mean you can't get stronger, but it's like, you can, Probably reach
1: 90, 95% of your potential.
0: Yeah. Right. Where there's like, I've seen this chart before where it's like, there, there, it's a strength only group and a strength endurance group. And like they, they go up together. And then I think after five or six weeks, the, the strength group continues to kind of go up in a linear fashion and the, uh, the endurance group kind of tails off, but still goes up, but just not up in the same. Like the same velocity, right? So it's yeah. like, so that that chart there is like, well, see, you can't get as strong, but it's like, you're still getting stronger. <laughs> like, like how much cardio you think these strong men do? Like
1: world's strongest men, like they do a decent amount. They kind of have to, right? Yeah, they 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 definitely put in some work,
0: and that's to be able to do more, right? To do more volume, and in, in your when you were. And you, you were doing powerlifting in competition too. Yeah. Would you do cardio at all? Yeah. Um.
1: I was. Pro. I've been running fifteen, twenty miles a week for like six years.
2: Oh, okay. So that's some.
1: Uh, it's some, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that was great for powerlifting.
0: Just in terms of what you could handle then in the gym. Yeah. Like in terms of volume. Yeah. It's like you said that is dudes that can crush one reps, can't do shit for ten. Just aerobically they can't do anything with the byproduct of like the anaerobic work. You know that that will stop you at
1: a certain point. Totally. I I mean I know some big guys that can like you put them on like the assault bike and sure they can bust out twenty five cows, but like all right bump to
0: fifty and all of a the sudden they're like they're done. They're, they when. That's when have you ever vomited from a strength workout? Uh no. I yeah. would I would guess it's because you've always had some sort of aerobic piece in there. Yeah. Like I like when people start puking because of strength stuff, I would think that they're just they're aerobic, they're just like dysfunctional in their aerobic system to get rid of that byproduct that they just gotta eject.
1: So, so- One of my best friends, actually, I've seen he puked during a deadlift. During it, during it, and I really think it's because he's like such a genetic strength freak that like he's able to put out more work than anyone else. And like, I guess I just can't work that hard. I don't
0: know. Maybe does he run? Does he have any aerobic anything in him? He does. He he was uh... probably he's probably like a he could run like a five forty
1: five mile. Okay. And he deadlifted what five fifteen at one hundred and fifty five pounds. Whoa! Did
0: Nothing. he finish that lift?
1: Oh yeah, he finished it. <laughs> that's
0: craziness. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Um, so what are you looking like for the season? Where are we where are we gonna see you at? I would love to get
1: into maybe High Rocks, LA.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, uh, my work has kind of just taken over my life recently. I, I just switched careers and that's really had to take the, you know, take over my life, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, but probably a high rocks or two. There's this
0: SoCal Inn. Are you more in Southern California? Or where are you? Uh, I'm in Sonoma County, which is like an hour north of San Francisco. Okay. So how far are you from that NorCal race? That's going to be, I think that's in San Jose. Oh, uh, the Deca. Yeah. Um,
1: that's like an hour and a half.
0: There you go. Hop I know. in. I know. That's uh, soon. That's, uh, early April, I think. Yeah. April 2nd. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, cause I work out with, uh, Cole Schwartz. Yep. me and him like probably once a month get workouts and he's trying to drag me to that.
0: Is he doing that? I think so. I don't think he's done a decade yet. Has he? I don't know. I don't think so. You should do it, man. Get in there. I know. Just push that 5k push that red line all the way up and just. I do like red line. That's all it is. You just put yourself there and just go.
1: Yeah. That 30 minute window is a lot better for me than the hour.
0: (laughs) That's what it is. I mean, you had the running, because you said you can like, can you beat Cole on a 5k? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I it's, uh, it's actually pretty funny. I, I can, cause we work out fairly often and I can beat him at all the home gym workouts, but every competition, he always smokes me. And I'm like, he, he,
0: so what's he, the deal? Yeah. What's the deal with that?
1: Dude, I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, I think it's just, I just, I don't have the, the experience with racing,
2: hmm.
1: you know, I like the guys, the guys at the top have just done a lot of races and, I think I get myself too amped up or something. I don't know beforehand. Hmm, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, and just getting more reps at it, right? Like figuring out where it is that you you might be losing him. Because I mean, Cole's had him in a great year. Yeah. You know, and right now he's in that top the top fifteen, and he'll probably stay in that with his time. Um. So yeah, maybe Deco would be good for you. Yeah, I know. I need to start start doing a little bit more because, like.
1: The like the OCR stars like that was perfect for me, like mm. that's uh you know get to do it on my own terms and all that mm-hmm. which I love.
0: Mm-hmm. And you were a f- you were fifth overall at OCR stars, right?
1: Yeah, which I was pretty happy with because I was like, Definitely. yeah, every person that was ahead of me should have been.
0: So yeah, I, you know. and you had a good showing at the the final one. You were what third or fourth at the fork in the road.
1: Yeah. I think I was third.
0: Yeah. How's your assault? Like?
1: It's pretty good. Um, I, I've been, i been starting to put some time in on that cause I think there's so much benefit there. Um, actually I was, uh, thinking about talking
0: about this. Um, have you ever done a two minute test on that? Two minute max test on the assault? bike? no, I'm currently doing, I've found that doing three minutes at what I think is DECA pace makes the last minute feel like what it feels like in a DECA fit. So I've been doing three minute intervals on there, but just because I got this DECA fits coming up in two weeks. So I'm just trying to familiarize myself with the feeling without doing the whole freaking thing. Um, but I've never done two minutes all the way through. I don't know how that would go if for calories, right?
1: Yeah. So it is So I'm assuming you've run a max effort 800. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Long time ago.
1: Like one of the most painful experiences out there.
0: You can really die. You can really die.
1: I think two minutes on the assault bike is worse. What? How? Dude, I've literally laid on the ground for 30 minutes afterwards. Like (laughs) if you, if you really empty it, like you can just make yourself hurt so bad. Cause there's no resistance. Like there's no, it, I mean, well it's one of those things that it doesn't hit you till like after. So you can like put yourself
0: somewhere that you shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> I get like lactic in my shoulders and in my arms and stuff that I've had to stop doing that because I've felt awful in my upper body before. Well, it's, of- <sighs> it's, I've been,
1: uh, Cause you know how during high rocks when you get to the sled, it's always way worse than you want it to be. Yeah. So I've been throwing two minute max effort um, assault bikes in the middle of my my wads to kind of simulate that. Huh. And like you know, or or I'll do like fifty cows or something like that. Which uh, you do fifty cows and like two twenty, and dude,
0: good luck running after that. It's a good way to really uh, stimulate fatigue. Right. And that's the name of the game with these events. Like how tired well, can you get?
1: Yeah. It's, it's how good are you at running after you blow up?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. <laughs> you know,
1: and, and I feel like
0: that's kind of the, one of the ways I've been doing to like simulate that. That's something I think I'm going to, I'm going to high rocks, Dallas, and I was really conservative in Chicago, but in Dallas, I think I'm going to try to blow up and see what, and see how, I, if I can keep going. <laughs> Cause it's like, I mean, we've talked about Dylan a bunch of times now, but Dylan does a good job with the volume that he puts in. He's able to put himself in the like fatigue, like he's able to stimulate that much fatigue that he can be more specific where in a high rocks, it's really hard to do to get yourself to the point of how you feel for the lunges or for the wall balls. Right. And dude, that's why you got to throw in these two minute assault
1: bikes to really hammer fatigue. And I, I, dude, I like that it, idea. It's the only thing I've found that like almost comes close to mimicking that feeling. Can you come back from it? It, it takes me a few minutes, it? but yeah, I'll, my, cause my running pace will drop to like seven fifteen or something. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> and and then after like a station or two i'll be back
0: yeah because this the sled can almost put people into outer space oh it definitely can where it's where you're gone the assault bike i think that that you're right yeah like it can put you in it in a, a stratosphere or something but you can come down
1: so but the way i've been doing it is i don't try and pace it i i try and like Empty just the go? Tank. Oh, like I, I empty the tank on purpose because it, no matter how hard you train, when you get to that sled, it's, it's going to hurt worse than you want it to. Yeah. And, and that's the make or break of the race is the sleds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that takes some mental wherewithal right to like, <laughs> be like, well, I'm going to ruin this workout right now. I'm going to get on this assault bike and then ruin this workout. and this, and, and, and that's the point where, um, or someone like Dylan can because he amasses so much volume across everything that he can do a two hour workout and handle it because his volume's so high. But if you don't have that type of time, hitting that two minute on the assault bike is interesting. What kind of RPMs are you holding for two minutes for that?
1: Oh God. Um it's probably in the 70 something mm-hmm.
0: um I wanna say I I
1: usually do the fit I'll do 50 cows like right around like two twenty. Okay. Um, and, yeah. and that's like, you know, I w- during a simulation, I'll put the assault bike in place of the sled. Cause I don't always have good access to a sled mm. and I'll hit that. And it's, it does the trick.
0: <laughs> I bet it puts like, like the respiration rate coming off of that. Cause a sled, it's like it, your, your breathing it, can come down, but like physically everything at the exertion is so high that. You can't move. Uh, can it's, both it's, definitely,
1: it's not, it's not the breathing. It's I, my legs and arms are so full of like lactate. You're like, I
0: can't move on the bike or the, on the bike, on the bike. Really? Cause my respiration rate gets a little out of control coming off of it. That's what I have a hard time with. With like a Deca, this and that, whatever it is, my respiration can kind of get all wacky after that thing. Pretty bad. Yeah. So maybe I got to get on there for two minutes. Just hammer.
1: Yeah, I I think it's the move. It's uh, it's worth it's worth experimenting
0: with. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll try it. Because um, I mean, that's the that literally is the biggest part of DECA. If you can handle the bike and not most people fall apart on the bike, it's twenty five calories. Um, and you know it could take people up toward you know one forty five two minutes who are in the elite heat even because of just where it's placed and then coming off of it. Yeah, you're, like, underwater for at least 200, like, at least 250 of, like, the 500 meter. But if you can handle that and kind of come out of it, like, that's, like, really a make-or-break zone for that. And the back end is probably good for you because the sled is the same kind of way. It's like, have you pushed one of those torques, the torque tanks? I have. They're interesting, right? They're not, like, it's not, Uh, like, strength. uh,
1: No, I I don't like them. You can only just not lose time on them it's really hard to make up time
2: for sure that's a good way to put
0: it because like yeah it's it's just about it's it's almost the same as the assault bike. like how much are you willing to just deal with it as opposed to like how strong are you and what kind of output can you put on this
1: well it's it's there's no reward for pushing harder no (laughs) Very, very very little reward
0: yeah I know. That's what's weird when some people push it faster than others. Is, is it just effort? Like, is it just not slowing down? Like, should you just push it as hard as you can so that you don't slow down? Like, I don't quite know. I, I don't know either. Yeah, but you should do a DECA. You should get there. You should see it at High Rocks in LA. That would be fun if you can get out there, man. So um, this has been fun. Anything else you want to talk about? Well, there's
1: one, th- I guess one thing. Um, I, I think uh, you seem to be starting your high rocks as, like on a pretty conservative pace. Mm-hmm. And I 100% think that's the move.
0: So I got a bunch of motorcycles coming by here. I live on the street. We, I live on the street. It's like, for some reason, super loud cars and motorcycles are up and down it all the time. And I don't know what the deal is. It's not that cool of a street. Um, so, yes. Have you had a chance to go out conservatively? Have you, done, have you been able yeah, to? Yeah, I have. Um, I did
1: Austin, like, what, 2021, 20, I think.
0: Okay. And that was with uh, – did Brent win that one? Yes. Yeah. Um, that
1: was the one where they threw the extra 25 kilos on all our sled poles.
0: <laughs> nice nice of them to do that.
1: It, it, that that whole event was a shit show with people skipping sled sections and
0: was it was it like the standard where you could you fill in was there a sled push and a sled pull section or was it because i've done the one i did in orlando and like what it was in um the world championships last year where you had assigned lanes and they like switched it out for you uh no this one you just got to run in and pick one so they just goofed up the, the taking the weight on, or like they just had the wrong weight on there.
1: Yeah. They just, they didn't, well, none of us knew till afterwards, except we were all dying on the sled pole.
0: <laughs> yeah. Everyone had a hard time,
1: <laughs> but, uh, I went out super conservative on that and I definitely feel like it, it was beneficial.
0: Did you have a plan for like when you wanted to go?
1: Um, yeah. After sled push. After sled push.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you wanted to really, because I think the same way. I think that the it's really hard to not go too hard for the first two runs in the ski erg. And then you get to the sled with that same type of momentum and it just flattens. Well, it's, it. Like,
1: it's like, you know, if you gain 10, 15 seconds on someone on the ski erg, that's going to hurt versus 10 or 15 seconds on a sled push is nothing.
0: Right right the skier it, the skier's tricky like you had mentioned the the rowing 150 to 140 that's a that's different you know um and the skier i think people just get i think it's it's just n- human nature in racing right without like wanting to put yourself in the position wanting to assert yourself like the race is now like so i got to be where i need to be but it's not like that but that's what what kent and hunter yeah. did at so like to run the full complete race I don't know how much room there is to be incredibly conservative, you know? Cause yeah. Because that's what Hunter Kent was aggressive from the start and was able to kind of hang. He was just like, it was strong enough and fit enough that his, he was able to maintain, you know, he pushed and pulled the sled under two minutes with the rock zone. You know, I, I mean, that guy was,
1: that was like not a human performance.
0: <laughs> that was pretty, that was pretty nasty. And his, uh, yeah, he was like, one forty sevens or one forty sixes on the ski, just like hammered that beginning and didn't falter. Yeah, I,
1: I guess I'm just like so far from that level, I can't even picture that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, like and where's like because that's what happened to me last year. Is like that the the trade off was so so poor. Like how much it came back. on. it was like, have you done a marathon? A uh, trail. Okay. Okay. So I think that's a bit of a different beast. Um, the, there's a saying, I think every second you go out too fast in like the first mile of a marathon, I forget what this rule, stupid running rule of thumb is it comes back in minutes at the end of a race. So if you go out 10 seconds too fast, by the end, you'll add 10 minutes to your time. Like that's how the first high rocks event was the first two high rocks events were for me. Like it was just couldn't fix what i had done i was in over my head and it was over (laughs) so like there's definitely bad figuring out where that line is
1: i really think the back half of the race is where you win it
0: yeah yeah or like is it is it that or is it where you can't where the same as the the sled where it's where you can lose it more like how much time can you gain on on people on like the lunges and the uh, the wall balls versus the sleds, right? Like you can like, put time on people on the sleds.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's why I think you got to go conservative up to the sled.
0: And hammer the sled.
1: Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Bracken uses the expression, like burn in a match. Yeah. Like you got to burn your match at the sled post.
0: I, I don't know if I've heard, I think I heard Bracken say it once, but now I hear everybody say it. It's just like, in the in the vernacular of, of OCR, um, so that that might be what I need to do in the next race, right? Like be not not burn it down from the beginning, but burn it down at the sleds. Because even in the sleds last time, I was like, I just don't. I didn't want my race to start until after burpee broad jumps. I was like, I'm going to not even run hard until this point, point. Um, and, and it's like, and I just don't want to sink myself on. The sleds. I don't want to sink myself on the pole. I want it to all be like controlled and easy. And, um, uh, it might've been a little bit too conservative, but maybe just like moving that up a little bit, get to the sleds and just see.
1: Hmm. Because,
0: yeah, no, I think it's, uh, I think
1: it starts at sled push. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, in, in triathlon training or triathlons, people say you, you just swim to the start of the race. <laughs> that's
0: yeah. A, yeah that's a good that's a good way to say it like first the, those first two thousand those first two thousands and that skier you're just getting to the start
1: because like i mean what if you did the the first up to the sled push conservatively versus hard like how much time is how, how much what's the difference in time for you you know
0: yeah i don't know yeah 20 seconds <laughs> like realistically yeah and i can yeah. give that back in a hurry
1: And all right, go unbroken on wall balls.
0: Right. Right. Which that's not, yeah.
2: Which
1: I I think like when you're talking some of the best high rocks times ever, you're going to start seeing unbroken wall balls. That's like the, the next step. I
0: think so. I think it's doable. It's just a matter of like, that's the one area I just don't have a plan for. How, How are you doing wall balls? So do you do
1: any like on the minute training?
0: Um, not really. Most of my stuff's interval based. So it'd be like two minutes of work, two minutes of rest. I don't necessarily do the EMOMs or anything like that. I don't, not for any reason besides that. I just don't want to mismanage them. I think I just don't want to, like, I want, I don't want the work to. Yeah. I don't know.
1: So that's exactly how I trained for fork in the road. I, I put the, um, the thrusters and the toes, to the bar. And I was doing, um, I think it was like every two minutes I would do a set
2: mm-hmm. and
1: e- each week I was just dropping the rest time down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I think I went from like a minute and a half rest down to like 15 seconds rest.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then when I got to the event, you know, was like, all right, the goal's unbroken, which I got to like round eight or nine before I had to actually stop.
0: Toast to bar or thrusters?
1: Yeah. Uh, it was the toast to bar. that was killing me.
0: Same. I got uh I think I broke on the toast bar at seven or eight.
1: Yeah. It was right there. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. I think for, like, wall balls, let's say you did, you know, 10 reps on the minute for 10 minutes and you get your 100 wall balls, right? In each week, you can add a rep or you can add a minute. Mm-hmm. And just building up that work capacity like that. Um, and eventually, you know, you're doing 150 unbroken or something like that.
0: That's a good way to do the, again, that's, that's in line with how you kind of approach the the strength training stuff, like being, making it scalable, right. Don't not starting with 50 unbroken and like hitting your head against the wall every time for that. (sighs) Um, yeah. I like, I like that idea. What I would tip, uh, I typically do, I'll, like I said, I'll do two minutes and I'll reduce rest, right? I'll do two minutes as many as I can do, even if it's, even if it's they're broken up last training cycle, I was actually using a 30 during these, I would do two minutes at 30 and then rest two minutes and then reduce rest until I got down to like, you know, 45 seconds, 30 seconds. And then I was just starting to kind of simulate the the end of a race or whatever. Um, but the 30, I don't think helped very much at the 30 in an actual uh, doing like a hundred wall balls or doing Karen or at the end of uh, high rocks, my shoulders are the limiter. When I was doing a 30, even just those 10 pounds, I mean, you do that many reps. It was my legs. Like I would actually run out of gas and I couldn't, I couldn't get to the point of doing as frequent as I, as I could that my shoulders got to that fatigue. It was all legs. <laughs> so I thought I was going to be picking up that 20 pound ball and wh- whipping through it, but that wasn't the case. So yeah,
1: I I haven't found any
0: benefit from using the thirty. No,
1: it's uh you, you can squat to forty five
0: for twenty, like you're plenty strong. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I like that idea of doing the 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 emoms to kind of build it up, um, because that is a limiter. And there's like there's a like there's not a ton of skill in a high rocks event. On truthfully, like the row, the ski. And then probably the wall balls. Uh, a wall ball is probably the most skill. You think so? Yeah. Um, hmm. par-
1: partially because you're just did 60 minutes and you have no legs or life left
0: in you, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's the, that's the X factor there because it is, there is like, I, I see people doing the wall balls and I know the, the form and the, the, the skill piece is like just a little not right. You know, like you yeah. think it would just be intuitive. Like I'm gonna grab this ball and chuck it up there. Like kind of, but the same way that you would think with a row, I'm just going to like yank the shit out of this and see Boy, how fast I can go.
1: You got to get a lot closer to the wall than you want to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, that's a big one. So you're actually just throwing straight up and not like
0: out in front of you. Right. Cause then like, that's, it's going to be way less, uh, like, Muscularly, if you're catching the ball out in front of you, it's gonna be way more fatiguing than if like you're able to kind of have it direct, like land essentially on your chest, right? And then it's just all it's skeletal. It. You know, you're just, you got it, and it's, you're just moving with with the ball as opposed to like rearranging the ball. That's one thing that uh, is for me. Like, if I'm able to to get in a good flow and catch it like under my chin at my sternum on the way down you know, like I don't wait for that ball, right? Like I'm moving down as the ball's coming down. So like I catch it like halfway down my squat and then I can really start to roll with, with, with that. Um, Cause like, it's one of those things where you don't think it could be faster until you see someone who's actually fast at wall balls. You're like, Oh, there's, there's a way to kind of pull yourself into yeah. it and explode and explode out of it. Um, um, Cause I, I think you can do it in like, you can
1: probably do it in like what three ten somewhere around there. Unbroken.
0: Probably. If if it's fresh or something. Probably probably yeah. like that. Yeah. I think
1: that's about as fast as you can gravity let you. Humanly <laughs> go.
0: Yeah. The Karen workout, I don't think you can go too much under f- I think if you go unbroken with that, it's like just under five. And that's like one fifty. Yeah. Yeah. So then that would work. Um yeah. But yeah, just making sure you have gas to get there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because
0: <laughs> no, it, it's the easiest thing just to like, without a plan. Do you have a plan for them or you just do as many as you can? So it's funny you ask because everyone's had a plan for wall
1: balls and then gotten there and go, no, nope, turns out I'm doing sets of three. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> 100%. 100%. Um,
1: yeah, I think somewhere around sets of 25 is about right. Um, I've gone out and done a set of like 40 and then go, Oh, now I'm done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The only problem with dropping it, like, is it's just so easy to rest longer than you want to rest at the end of a race, you know, where it's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'll do tens. But then if you stop and look at the ball, (laughs) like it, like you can always do one more, I feel like for a wall ball you know? So like when I stop, it's bad. So I just try to do as many as I possibly can, even though it's probably, but like, I think in Chicago, I did like, I did like 60 and then I did seven, (laughs) you know, and then I did like four. So, cause it could just kind of go. So I, and I was, I had a really set plan for everything until the wall balls. So I was like, should I plan this a little bit better? Um, it's hard to tell.
1: I don't know if you can really plan it because you just don't know how you're going to feel when you get there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if you're feeling great, yeah, you'll probably be able to hit your plan. But how, when do you feel great at wall balls? Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you ran the high rocks right, you won't.
0: <laughs> right. Right. You just deal with it. Right. That's why we're not, that's why you don't see people doing 310. Right. You it's, see people doing 410.
1: Yeah. I mean, wall balls is damage control. You know,
0: mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. And if you can really get away from, get away from you, like it's a tough one. Cause I mean, you can really drop it, drop the ball on it. <laughs> if like, you just aren't feeling it. If you're just not in that I, zone. I In Miami,
1: I think I missed like four in a row. I couldn't even hit the wall.
0: Oh my God. That would be the worst.
1: <laughs> yeah. I probably did like 112 reps or something. Cause I just wasn't hitting the target.
0: <laughs> That's my nightmare to get a no rip on that. And then I would probably break and then like be upset <laughs> it's like too late to be upset in a race for that, for sure. Um, well, cool, man. That's a logical place to end. We made our way all the way through the high rocks event. We end at wall balls and we'll end talking about wall balls. Perfect. So cool, man. I appreciate it. This is super fun. Where can people find you? If they can follow along with, uh, what you got going on, and want to check you out at uh, the next race or wherever you're going to be.
1: Uh, Instagram probably be the best, um, JK may 14. Um,
0: I don't post a ton on there, but a little bit. So. Yeah, you posted that big old squat. I don't know if that was a story or a post. But I, I, I turned it into a post. I thought it was worthy. post worthy for sure. I did it too yeah. with my with my 20 rep back squat and my shit was way lighter than yours. <laughs> um well I appreciate you taking the time, man. It's super fun. I'm just gonna hit stop and then uh make sure to link to everything in the show notes. And yeah, we're good to go. Cool. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.